Welcome to episode 279 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. I am Ollie Spake and I'm joining once again from Darawal country. And I am Melissa Ellis and I am coming to you from Wurundjeri country. How are you, Mel? I'm on a high still, Ollie, from our weekend. It was fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. It, it was a highlight of a weekend, that's for sure. Thank you for coming to visit me in Victoria. It was an absolute delight. I think, Ollie, we need to start the pod off a little differently this week. So instead of telling you where I was, I've got a little bit of audio that I want to play. Okay. Good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Melissa here, and I'm coming to you from Albert Parkrun in Melbourne. Uh, it's my fifth time here at Albert, and I should say we are on the grounds of the Bunurong people. Now, I'll see if I can find somebody that I can talk to. The first time as briefing is going on over here. Maybe I can find... Hello. Hello. What's your name? Hi, I'm, I'm Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Is this your first time to Albert Park? Yes, it is. What brings you here? Oh, down in Melbourne for the weekend with my husband. Oh. So I thought we'd give this one a go. Excellent. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Sydney, or okay. from south of Sydney. Okay. Have you been doing anything else while you've been in town? Um, went and saw Moulin Rouge last night, which was great, and saw a comedy show and, yeah, lots of eating and drinking. Excellent. You it. came all the way to Melbourne for that? We did, yes. Like any special occasion? Uh, no, not really, but wherever we go, we always have to do a park run, get dragged around for park run a fair bit. <laughs> really? Okay. So, but you haven't done many yourself? Not many myself, no. Okay. That was actually, this is actually my third so your husband's pretty obsessed. Oh, I'm so obsessed. I hear about it all day long. Oh, that yep. would get really annoying. It does a bit. It gets on my nerves a fair bit. Is this your husband over here? I think it is. Oh, hello. <laughs> What's hello. your name? My name's Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Albert. Thank you, Mel. <laughs> um, we should probably go and do a run. Yes. Okay. Yes, let's. All right, enjoy. Warm up. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, Ollie, that was a bit of fun, wasn't it? It was so lovely to meet Kathy. I had met her once before at our original palm at the dress up night, but yes. to spend a bit more time with you and Kathy, I really did enjoy that at Albert Park Run. Yeah, uh, look. <laughs> You'd call it rare as hen's teeth uh, to, to have Kathy at a park run. So to have her manage an interstate park run adventurer, adventurer, adventure, <laughs> and and to have the chance to catch up with not only yourself but a few other great park running friends, uh, new friends, and existing friends, it was such a high, as you say. But Ollie, Kathy, and I, and Adrian, we got the. Parkrun photo of the day. Oh, look, I'll go further. It's my new favourite parkrun photo. (laughs) I was so happy with that photo. And for those listening, we were on a section of the course that is unique to Grand Prix time when their course is interrupted by uh, the setup for the Grand Prix, the Melbourne Grand Prix, uh, where we had to go out onto the racetrack, which doesn't have any vehicles, it's closed to vehicles, but we had a 300-metre section, of course, where we ran out onto the Grand Prix track. There was a photographer lying there waiting for the runners to come along. We went into aeroplane mode and we and it was just <laughs> it was 
just a perfect photo. I'm so happy with that photo. I mean, yeah, not even a flying V would have made that uh, more appropriately spaced and, and coordinated. Did you discuss angles? Like it? it no. It was very well set up. We literally turned the bend. There was the photographer. We were running along and I yelled out, aeroplane, and Kathy and Adrian instantly in unison, their arms went up. <laughs> yep. And I actually, I was a bit worried at the time. I thought, oh, were we a bit close? Is Kathy going to be in shot? It's so hard <laughs> to judge with those because the photographer had one of those big fancy cameras with the great big huge lens, like the legit news people have. Mm, mm, so fancy big. one. Yeah, yeah a real big fancy one. And I thought, oh, mm, we might have been a bit close. Kathy might not have made it into shot. Oh, couldn't believe it when that photo came out. Oh, it looked so well coordinated. I think Kathy and Adrian, they're looking at the picture now. They're, they're virtually touching the edge of the camera, so very well timed. <laughs> uh, even the phones were coordinated, Mel. I know. How <laughs> cute is that? Kathy and I have matching phone cases <laughs> in our hands as we run. That's right. And to be honest, she did so well. When she was running, I couldn't keep pace. That's why I'm at the back. That's why I couldn't keep up with her. Yeah. Well, look, it was wonderful to get to enjoy part of the course with yourselves. I'm sorry to not have run the vast majority with you all, but, yeah, cool that you could you could get out there. And, and um, yeah, good, good pause. Great to, great to meet Adrian too. Certainly after hearing his voice and, and hearing about Pepper Tree, it was nice to get to enjoy the track with him as well. I got the pleasure of uh, spending Sunday with Adrian as well. He came out and volunteered at Juniors. Oh, champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't coordinate it that much, did I? But who did you get to run with? Uh, so we were also joined by uh, a very familiar voice to those that have been listening to the podcast for uh, some of the earlier episodes. Ignore that. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> That's not me typing for the record. Um, <laughs> Your word's supposed to pause, Ollie. That's supposed to – I could edit that out. Now I can't. No, that's right. Um, so, yes, I was joined by a very familiar voice, Scotty. And, uh, yeah, I, I did get a little carried away after, I suppose, still being injured. I wasn't sure if I could run the course, but uh, the opportunity arose and had a great run and chat with Scotty. So uh, thank you very much, Mr. Scott Trickett, for the run. It was lovely to see Scott out there at Albert on Saturday. Uh, and did you pull up okay, Ollie? Were you sore? How did you go after your run? Oh, pleased to say that both Kathy and I pulled up relatively well, her in particular, because I'm not sure she has run 5K since her last park run, which <laughs> I've done the maths, is 2,135 days prior to the Albert Melbourne park <sighs> run. So... Uh, Glad that she pulled up well. She's a gym junkie. She's not a not a runner, and it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> she was telling me about Jim, so that's yes. really good. Yeah, yeah. No, look, uh, she can absolutely smash me in the gym, uh, but um, because she is so wonderful as an enabler for my parkrun habit, my addiction, it has been some time since, uh, well, let's say between her second and her third park run. Because this was only her third and uh, great to see her get a PB. So we had a talk about this, Ollie. We've got a plan. Mm. Mm. Zoe is of age where she could be a very good babysitter. Ooh. 
Ooh, okay. I, I didn't catch this. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we can arrange some adventures together and we can leave Zoe with uh, Ava and Zali. Oh, perfect. And we can all run. See, perfect. Yeah. We've got well, it all figured out. I, I'm hoping now she's hooked once again because, you know, that was, of course, part of the plan. Granted, <laughs> the park run and the catch-up was not the sole reason for visiting Melbourne, no, 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 I, I no, suppose. No, no. <laughs> now let's go into this, Ollie, because <laughs> oh, I yeah. didn't manage to draw this out of Kathy with the audio that I recorded, which had been part of my intent. There was a reason behind your recent trip to Melbourne, was there not? There was indeed. It was a belated birthday trip. Uh, so Kathy and I had taken the opportunity to go away together and were fortunate to have the kids babysat for a few nights. But we've always wanted to go to Melbourne together, never been together. And uh, it's also because maybe I was somewhere else on her <laughs> birthday. Where were we on Kathy's <laughs> birthday, Ollie? Were we not recording a live <laughs> broadcast from Tasmania? We may have been at Bellarive Park Run. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Kathy's birthday does have a bit of a tradition of falling on palm, uh, or, or you could say the other way around. So, what was the other palm that was also Kathy's birthday? <laughs> the original? No, no. The other palm was the. Um, it was right around the Mount Barker palm. So Palm oh, Twenty. Now, yes. I, I could be mistaken because I think it may have just been in and around. It wasn't the exact date for that one, um, but yes. <laughs> It absolutely has a habit of uh, falling around the same time. So this was the way of balancing the ledger with a bit of extra park run thrown in. So my understanding is Sam Schroeder has made a declaration on Kathy's behalf that there will not be <laughs> another palm that occurs on that... Uh, first weekend in March. That first weekend in March. <laughs> Initially I was like, hang on a minute, Sam, what are you going like... You can't make these declarations. Oh, okay, now I understand. <laughs> I was not actually aware of this, Ollie, previously, so I'm 100% behind that. Kathy. we will not make it the first weekend of March again, I promise. Oh. Hand on heart. Yeah, look, it, when we go to we, WA. We can. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? Oh, <laughs> must be the first time you've said that out loud now. Um, <laughs> No, look, Kathy's a very understanding person. Uh, I don't wish to play with fire, but we can always look at the circumstances. And um, look, we had three three nights in Melbourne as a result. So win-win. Um, win-win. That's what we like to call win-win. <laughs> Would she like a palm dress-up party in her honour for her birthday? Like this could, <laughs> this could work. Yeah, yeah, that could totally work. <laughs> Uh, Could we be all Eurovision themed? Well, that adds to the value in our books, that's for sure. When's Eurovision, yeah. Ollie? It must, is it coming up? It's coming up in mid-May. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we are getting slightly excited. We have listened to the tracks in advance several hundred times. <laughs> Can you give me a heads up because I need to get on board with this? Oh, absolutely. How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Enough time for Daryl to get in costume too. Oh, good, 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 good. We don't want Daryl to miss out on no. the fun. No, no, no. Uh, and uh, I suppose it would be remiss of me to talk about the Parkrun uh, weekend in Melbourne without mentioning brunch 
thank you also for uh, yeah for taking us to brunch and thank you to the event team for for having us there as well. We had a very nice brunch uh, joined by Scott Watkins mm-hmm. amongst other event team from Albert Melbourne. Yes. But it was nice to spend a bit of time with Scott as well. Well known to the podcast for his previous efforts in co-hosting with Mel Urbacher. Well worth a listen. If you haven't listened back, go back to the back catalogue. But, yeah, an, an absolute pleasure and exciting to see some run directors in training there as well. Yeah. Yes. He's doing a great job and they are very passionate park run. EDs who have been involved from very early days with Albert Melbourne. Yeah, great supporters. Oh, but Mel, um, you of course you did mention juniors as well. How was how was juniors? We had a bit of a drizzly morning. Yep. At Ainsbury, it's actually the first event we've ever had. Uh, it was event thirty nine, and it, our mm-hmm. first one that was actually wet. Really. Yeah, yeah, we've had wow. puddles before. Yeah, uh, we've had wet courses, but we've never actually had one where it's been raining. Mm-hmm. And we still had kids turn up, so we were very happy about that. And uh, we had a lot of fun, as we always do. So we ran a PB. Yeah. I was very excited. Paul and I were both there. Paul was the timekeeper. I was the RD for the day. And Zoe went out as she usually does and we just expected as normal that she would walk the course. So we were very surprised when she (laughs) came running in. Uh, It took us both by surprise. I don't know. I still don't actually know why she decided that day to run. Perhaps she wanted to not get wet. I'm not really sure. Yep. But she ran a... Ainsbury PB, so that was nice. That's outstanding. No, well done, Zoe, and I trust that was all above board, given the timekeeper there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes. All time results were correct. Of course. Mm. No, great work, and um, always respect the ones that go out in the rain. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and and we had. A lovely brunch afterwards because at Juniors we're very blessed to have uh, the golf pro shop at Amesbury that is only 100 or so metres from our event so we can just wander down there after park runs completed and we sit around and we have a chit chat we had uh, as i said adrian was there as was um kevin green who is another windham vale park runner and mm-hmm. bruce bruce came all the way from ballarat to volunteer for us oh wonderful support from everyone there and i uh, again i uh, really feel like i uh, messed up the planning um <laughs> in, in being able to uh, yeah, come and attend and support. So uh, I look forward to it now. Ollie, you come back with your girls one day. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. Fine. This was about your wife this weekend. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> and your makeup birthday weekend. That's right. So yeah. there's no grudges held. Uh, but uh, no, we had a lovely brunch and we had a bit of a chit chat. There was, there was a bit of discussion about future palms, which is alluded to later, perhaps in our emails. All right. Noted. <laughs> I suppose on that note, we should look up and, and look at what's coming up. Uh, we have an interview this week, Mel. And we need to address the end of last week's pod with the mm. new person in the office, Ollie. The preceptor. Yes. Not sure that everybody would have recognised her voice. Many would. Mm-hmm. Many who know her would know her voice. But the preceptor. Mm-hmm. 
is our very own Sam Schroeder. Yes. How good is it to have another person in the office, Mel? Absolutely fabulous. So Sam has very graciously agreed to come on board and give us a bit of a hand with some of our social media. And has gone above and beyond... Uh, this week in the pod. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Not only has she taken on the role with the social media, but she's also recorded an interview for us. Yes, so stay tuned. That's coming up. We also did have some feedback from last week's pod, Mel. Mm -hmm. So uh, Johan got in touch and just commenting on the, the pod post from last week because we did talk about some of the events that have been disrupted uh, and Johan said, the issue of events returning, mothballed, cancelled is so heartbreaking in South Africa. We were particularly hard hit by this with 18 events still waiting to return or close and 43 already axed. But the hope remains that some may return in future. The other noticeable issue is the total participation numbers, which remains relatively low compared to pre-lockdown. South Africa currently runs at about a third of previous numbers. Thanks, Johan, for the the context and the update because I know it's a part of many discussions that I have around the the step change in participation numbers, but you, you guys are obviously feeling it so much over there with everything that you've been through. And, Ollie, we also heard from Val Warwick, who said, So glad that Chris and Karen wrote to you about Phil Gore's incredible feat. Phil and Gemma Gore are the EDs of Shipwreck Park Run in Perth's southern suburbs. It's an interesting course that they've managed to create in this park with a fabulous playground where I know my grandchildren love playing. But even better, as per so many park runs, is the post-park run coffee time. We've made friends for life with so many West Australians at various park runs there and are really looking forward to getting back there and participating in the new Jerrydale Heritage Park Run where Raoul Tem is ED, a friend we've made at Shipwreck. Don't you just love park run adventuring? By the way, Ollie, there's a new backyard ultra happening in Tassie over the New Year weekend at Peter Murrell Reserve in Kingston. Steve is ultra excited. <laughs> I, I bet. Uh, that's very exciting. Going to have to start training for these sorts of things. No, thank you, Val. There's more to come on that in the interview. So stay tuned. Um, Mel, we've also got some news. We do. Uh, so I thought we should touch on the renaming of the First Timers Briefing, Ollie, which has officially clocked over to the First Timers Welcome in the uh, the future mm. roster, I guess. It's been renamed officially. It has, and in line with some of the recent comms and some of the great videos put out um, through different social channels I've seen from Parkrun Australia, I don't know to what extent those videos or, or those like it have been shared internationally, but, yeah, it really speaks to a moment that, that you know, becomes a spark for so many parkrunners, doesn't it, mm-hmm. that arrival? I think definitely Parkrun has said that they have surveyed the barriers for people coming to their very first Parkrun after they've signed up and what might stop people from attending that first one. And a lot of it came down to that concern as to what to do when they arrive and and not knowing anybody when they get there. So the fact now that it's very clear that when they arrive, there's somebody to welcome them 
there's something official where they can turn up and know they're going to get direction. And the feedback is that that is been a very positive move and that's making a difference in people's mm. confidence in turning up to their first park run. It's brilliant and it just shows that we are continually evolving and finding better ways in which to engage people and make them feel comfortable to come to parkrun. Yeah, and different event teams have done it differently over the years. There have been some fantastic and welcoming and, and you know, colourful ways that they've you know, found to do that. But, yeah, I, I agree, Mel, you know, it's a good example of how you know, we see that change that just continues to focus on the, the positives that Parkrun can bring and, and making it resonate. And something else that we need to address, Ollie, so mm. this last Saturday gone was also the very first week that introduced the new rule for dogs at Parkrun. Now, we haven't addressed this to date. We haven't. No. It's Mm. been a contentious issue and there's no getting around that. And we have deliberately chosen not to get involved in that discussion. However, we felt that this week was a good time to discuss and uh, appeal to park runners with this new rule. Yeah, and and specifically, of course, many of our park run adventure community would be across this change. I'm sure almost everyone, if not everyone's come across it at some point, but different people take in their information in different ways. So my understanding is that the, the rule is now one dog on a short handheld, not extendable lead by the side of the participant is what's allowed and within reach at all times and that that emphasises care around avoiding tripping other park runners. But what we would like to appeal to everybody who is listening is that not all park runners follow social media and not all park runners subscribe to the emails. So there's going to be a large proportion of dog owners out there that actually aren't aware of the new rule yet and they Mm. may not be aware until they front up to a park run and they hear it in the brief or they are actually approached by somebody from the event team to tell them in the most polite way that you aren't actually allowed to wear a waist harness anymore. So what we want to appeal to our listeners is to say, please be mindful of that. Don't approach other dog owners yourself. Leave that to the event team and just be mindful that not everybody has the knowledge that uh, some of us who follow social media are a lot closer have. And just to be a bit, I guess, caring mm. and we don't want to alienate other park runners or participants who genuinely don't know of the change yeah no i think that um you're quite right in you know emphasizing that that way to positively approach it and i'm sure everyone can be you know respectful and understanding we all have our as you say our different ways of how we collect information and you know our different uh, expectations of people's approach to park run but yeah, when it comes to, to this change, it will take time and it will certainly see a few more occasions where people do come along and they've missed that. Can't speak from experience. I've not coordinated a park run where dogs are allowed, but funnily enough, I have actually had to turn people with dogs away. So, yeah, I suppose there's a, <laughs> there's a parallel I can draw there. But uh, it'll only help the event team, so I think, if we can just continue to, to raise that and eventually it will become a well-known park run requirement. Yep. As a community, we can all navigate this new change 
the best way possible. Mm. But Ollie, it's time to listen to our interview and our wonderful new interviewer, Sam Schroeder. All right. Hello, adventurers. It's Sam Schroeder here. And uh, today I have the absolute pleasure of talking with my good friend, Phil Gore, who is co-ED with his wife, Gemma, at Shipwreck Park Run in Western Australia. Phil quite likes a run, especially a park run or a run of a pretty similar distance. And sometimes he likes to run that distance over and over again until everyone else he's been running that distance with decides to quit. That is just about the gist of a Backyard Ultra, isn't it, Phil? Can you tell us a bit about the concept? Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's about right. So um, it's a 6.7K loop and you start it um, on the hour every hour. So it started with 200 and something people and as each lap goes on, there's people that won't make that lap within the cutoff. So they, they drop off and the race just keeps going until there's only one person left. So that last person has to do one lap on their own to be declared the winner. So it's it's a, a last man standing kind of a, a model. Yep. yep, yep, that's it, last person standing. So last week listeners would have heard Mel reading an email from your lovely parents who um, wrote in to tell everyone about your success at Herdies, which was the – I was going to tell you the dates of Herdies. You probably know what dates you ran Oh, Herdies. those dates are a bit of a blur, but <laughs> I think it started on the 18th. Um, <laughs> Or two Fridays ago. So from the 18th. And actually, was it still only the 19th when you finished or was it the 20th? Uh, so we started on Friday at 4 p.m. Right. And finished on Sunday at 6 p.m. So it's 50 hours. Crazy town. Now, 50 hours is a long, long time to it be is, yes. essentially running around in circles. But you've run for longer, haven't you? Yeah. So at Birdie's last year... Um, I got the Australian record, which was 51 hours. That's amazing. So I was just a little bit shy of that this time. But the way that the concept works is it only goes until the second last person drops out. So once that second last person drops out, the last person just does one more lap. Um, so that, that last person is really limited by how far that second person can push. Yeah. So was it the first time you'd run this kind of ultra, a backyard ultra, where you were that person, where you were the assist? Yeah. So in 2020, uh, when I did Birdie's Backyard, I was the assist. I got to 39 hours. Um, and yeah, the winner went on to do 40 hours. And um, yeah, pretty much since that event, I've just like had this hunger for it to to keep trying to be better and to, to try and win these events. And is it true that you actually plan for some ridiculous number of hours, like 90 hours or something? Yeah. So I don't want to set goals or limits in my head because what can happen is if you say, right, I want to get to 48 hours, you're right, you plan up for 48 hours. When you get there, you kind of mentally clock out at that point. So I kind of want to go well beyond what I think I can do. So my plan used to go up to 96 hours. So I think 48 hours was a reasonable thing I would be able to get to and then I just double it. So I went wow. to 96 hours. But my plan this time actually went up to 120 hours. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> wow. One of the things that really interests me, the first thing I want to say is that I can kind of understand the hunger you just referenced for it having witnessed you 
try to go out for that 40th hour at birdies that first time and it was just so obvious how spent you were but also I think to me it was obvious you were a bit disappointed even at that moment that you knew you couldn't go on so I don't know how you do it but you're obviously a person who's very driven yeah what was it like at hysterical carnage when your assist was done so early um so that one was so early. I shouldn't say so early. How many hours did you run? That, at that was thirty-eight. Day? So that one, <laughs> that one was actually my my shortest one at thirty-eight hours. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really that disappointed that it finished that early. I was happy to come away with the win. Yeah. My goal was Hurdies. Hurdies is a lot um, for me. I think it's a lot better course because it's a lot flatter, whereas Hysterical is very hilly. Okay. So I think if I want to go the long distance, it, it's going to be done at Hurdies. Okay. So for me, hysterical, it was just about getting that win. And I thought that trying to get the record there would be a long shot and I'd be pushing my body and breaking my body for something that might not happen. So, yeah, um, I mean, 38 hours, it's still a very good result. I'm still happy with that. Absolutely. And uh, I was still out running okay the next day. So I got to save my body and just sort of roll that training on into Hurdies. Yeah, one of the drafts that I wrote for the intro for this interview was a bit of a joke about how slow you ran parkrun last Saturday, but the fact is you've maintained your running streak, haven't you? Yeah, so I do um, 5Ks a day. Um, I have had to stop it a few times from some of the big ultras I've done, but this time I was was quite happy that I was able to get out the next day and and get my 5Ks done. So the streak lives on for now. Honestly, that is absolutely amazing. And the fact that you ran, do you remember what your time was last Saturday at Shipwreck? I was 18 minutes something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. slow one for you. (laughs) So I think I'm right in saying that they've recently announced that there'll be a Backyard Ultra in Tasmania. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. So end of December... This year, it's called the Devil's Lair. Oh. And, yeah, the same format, so 6.7Ks on the hour every hour. And silly question, do you plan to go? Uh, I, I'd like to go. i just got to sort out my race calendar and sort out stuff with work, um, yep. but it's definitely one I want to get down and see. Yeah, because certainly regular listeners, Val and Steve Warwick, I'm sure would love to come and cheer you on if you can get down there. Yep, yep. I already saw a comment on Facebook that <laughs> they'd be happy to jump and jump on and help me crew once um, Steve has done his run. So Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So what does the future of Australian backyard ultra running look like for you when we know that Michael Hooker wasn't able to take part in Herdies and Big Kev is always there? And then we, we saw some pretty serious competition from Chitan as the assist at Hurdies, what what do you think the future of Australian ultra backyard running yeah, looks like? It's definitely gaining a lot more popularity and as people are learning about it and coming up with their own techniques and getting their own experience in it, they're, they're getting further and further. So one of the guys I ran with um, for a bit, um, my mate Chris Martin ran, I think it was 26 hours at Birdies last year and then I've been doing some training together with him and, and this year he got up to 39 yeah. hours. So that was a huge improvement from him. Shatan coming from 36 hours at Hysterical uh, to then doing 49 at um, Herdies. So, yeah, it just shows there is that growth there and people are getting that experience and there's definitely the calibre of of athletes in Australia that can push those distances. And it's just about getting them all in the same race 
and pushing each other because it is a team sort of event. You do need those other people around you to to push the distance. Absolutely. And that was going to be the next question was, can you tell us a little bit about what is involved for Gemma and the rest of your crew in order for you or, you know, what does the support system look like for you on race days? (laughs) Yeah. So I have a good number of crew with me. So this year I had six main people, but they, they take it in shifts because if I'm going 50 hours without sleep, at least they can get some sleep. Yeah. They'll go away for having an eight-hour sleep and come back and, and tag in and out. So at any one time, I'll probably have two people, maybe a few more towards the end. And then it's pretty much I, I've got my whole plan written out. So before I go out on my run, we'll discuss what needs to happen in the next break, whether it's clothes I need to have ready, stuff for my shower I need to have ready, stuff for bed or things like that, what food I want. And then so as I'm out there for my... 45 minutes or so doing my run yeah cooking up that food or getting that stuff together so when I come in they're waiting for me at the finish line they can pass over what I need take from me what I don't need um, and yeah that to spend that 15 minutes with me to get me ready to get to that start line again yeah that's so cool certainly I noticed watching um, the lives at Herdy's that it looked like you've really refined that system down to you know you met at the finish line and you're just dropping your stuff in a basket and everybody knows their role and and what what their their job is for you do you kind of lose some ability to kind of mentally manage all of that like is that part of why you plan so much because you need them to kind of direct you a little bit as the hours go by as well yeah yeah that's exactly it so I think it probably would have been just after the 24 hour mark this year and they'll ask me what I needed and I, I distinctly remember saying I don't know what I need anymore you guys think for me wow so then I'd come in and then I've still got my plan there so it's got like a rough idea of of what I'm going to sort of be expecting around the hour but they would have something ready for me and they'll say, right, you need to eat this or you need to do this. Yeah. And so I'll just, yeah, they're, they're pretty good at it now. They've, they've crewed for me at a few different um, of these events. Yeah. So they kind of know what I need and um, are good at getting that to me and, and sorting me out. So That's very cool. So we talked about, you know, possibly Tasmania and obviously you'll keep entering these other events as they occur, but What's the international Phil Gore running future look like? Uh, so I'd love to get into Big's Backyard, which is like the international championship for this event. So the guy that came up with the concept, a uh, guy called Laz, who also does the Barclay Marathons, it's once every two years um, he'll run this event at his property in Tennessee. And it's basically all your top backyard runners from around the world meeting at this place. So yeah. They will have about 75 runners there. Last year it was down a bit due to COVID, but they still had the calibre of athletes there to push a new world record and they got 85 laps there. Wow. So that's where I want to be. I want to be running with those people and not necessarily winning it but just finding out what my limit is. Yeah, wow. Because um, there will just be those people there that can push me to big limits. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. That sounds like an amazing experience. So when would the next one of those be? So the next one's in 2023. Very cool. Fingers crossed. But as you know, Phil, this is actually a parkrun podcast, so I don't want to let you go without talking to you about your parkrun experiences. 
Listeners might recall that back in episode 254, you spoke briefly with Cam when he caught up with you at Tamworth Wetlands Park Run. I think maybe that day you broke their course record. Is that right? Uh, or, or have I got that wrong? No, I don't think I did. I okay. don't, no, I don't think I've got that record. He spoke right. to me about must have been birdies. He must have talked to me about the birdies run that I'd done. Yeah, I think that's right. And maybe that was the record, the Australian yeah. record that I broke there. Yeah, perhaps. But yeah. you do have a few parkrun course records, don't you? I do. I, I've got a few less now than what I used to because people keep coming in and breaking them. A bit rude. I did go on a trip through South Australia and I did seven courses there and got six records. <laughs> but now people keep beating him and I can't get back there to yeah. to take him back. So Yes, well, I think you still hold three of those South Australian records, Jubilee Way, Meningi and Yadolkni Weir. And, of course, you hold the course record at your home park run shipwreck as well. Yeah. I thought I'd set you a little challenge, actually. I, I did some research today and Aidan Hobbs, whoever he is, has 20 course records in Queensland. So I think that's probably a goal you could set yourself is to try and have more course records than Aiden. Probably that's not really reasonable. You stick to your backyard ultras. That's okay. I was going to say the further I run, the the less course records (laughs) I end up getting. But Seems reasonable. So according to my research, you've run 286 park runs at 51 different locations. And in fact, you and I met when you were on that trip in South Australia with your family and Luke and I were on our big road trip. I think maybe, Phil, you and I used the same map for our holiday planning. We did, was the park run map was the one we used? Uh, we, we might have been like a week out or yeah. something. <laughs> but we were at because when we got stuck there because the, the fires closed the air highway, yes. we were together at Port Augusta, but we didn't actually bump in and talk to each other. True. And then, yeah, the following week we are at Port Lincoln. So those two weren't actually on our original right. itinerary, yep. so only because we got stuck there. Oh, well, I was lucky then that it turned yeah. out that way. But otherwise, I think we were a week behind you or you were a week behind us. Or Well, serendipity. We were, yeah. we were meant to meet. Yes, in fact, I have a distinct memory of, of pointing you out to Luke and saying that guy's going to come in first, no questions. <laughs> and uh, and I was right by several minutes, I think, at Port Augusta. This person in yeah. second place was behind you. Because I got the record there as yeah. well. Yeah. So um, out of the 51 different locations that you've been to, not counting home because that's cheating, what are the three top park runs you've run at and why? Ah, well, like different ones for different reasons. Okay. Okay, so Champion Lakes is another one that's close by me, and I like that if I want to go for like a fast time. If you get the wind on the right day, um, it's just a very flat course with no sort of sharp corners. Um, so if I want to go for a fast time, that's the course to go to. What other ones are I like? So Mundy, if you want something a bit different, Mundy is a trail park run, and it's I don't know if it's the most elevation in Australia, but it's definitely up there. No, it's definitely the the most elevation in WA. Mm-hmm. So my time on that, I think, is about 21 minutes. And you compare that to, you know, my, yeah. my quicker ones are under 16 minutes. So it just t- shows you what how, how much harder that course is. Yeah. So that that's a good one. It's not a good one to do every week. No. Or not for me anyway. But it's, it's just, if you want that bit more of a challenge. Sounds cool. Yeah, that's a good one to go to. What was your favourite one in South Australia then? I really liked Goolwa, probably because I got my all-time PB there. Okay. Um, that was a nice, flat, fast course. But I just also liked um, that area, like that town. Yeah. And between that one and Victor Harbour, because we, we stayed down that way and 
this was around New Year's, I think it was there. Um, and it was just like a really nice holiday town to go to. Nice. Yeah, I'd have to say Gore. So your parkrun birthday is the 20th of September 2014. Can you tell us briefly how you found out about parkrun and what your first parkrun experience was like? So I just finished, I think it was a city to surf 12K and um, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't the first time I'd done it. Like I've done it most years. But I just finished it and I'm like, oh, where's the next run? I want to sign up for another run. And so I'm, I'm looking online trying to find a race somewhere and this parkrun thing keeps coming up. I'm like, oh, that, I don't know if that's really what I'm looking for. But, I, you know, I just kind of keep looking around. I can't find any other runs and so I keep coming back to this parkrun and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this is a free thing. You know, I'll go along. I'll try it out. But, yeah, printed up my barcode and I actually had two parkruns close to me and one of them was Canning River and the other one was Pioneer. And I thought, I'll go and check out the courses first and see which one I'm going to like. And I went to Pioneer first. And I don't know if you've heard about Pioneer or ever done Pioneer, but it's it's three loops. The first loop's a little bit different, um, but it goes over and under. There's like boardwalks and bits through the trail, and it's very confusing. And so I was out there like looking at the map, and I'm trying to read the course notes, and I just I couldn't even figure out how to get past the first kilometre. So I'm just like, no, nope, not doing that one. I'll go to Canning River. That was like a nice, easy loop. Fair enough. Um, and, yeah, I, I was always the type of person that would, yeah, just go to the park run. I'd sit in my car until like five minutes before and then come out, do my little warm-up and stretches and then do my run, get my barcode scanned and go home. And it probably wasn't until I'd done about 50 runs that I started to get a bit more involved with the volunteering side of it and just the hanging around afterwards and chatting with people and, and things like that. Yeah. And obviously, you're now co-ED with Gemma with Shipwreck Parkrun. Also, with my um, sticky beaking at your stats, I discovered that your last volunteer role was your 49th, which means the next time you volunteer, you'll be earning your volunteer red shirt. Congratulations in advance for 50 volunteer stints when that does happen. What led to you and Gemma establishing Shipwreck? Um, so, it was put up in the in our local parkrun our Parkrun WA forum, that they were thinking of starting a parkrun in this new residential estate. So the estate had, had actually come to Parkrun and said, we want you guys to put a parkrun in here. And then, so yeah, someone from Parkrun put it up in our group. And I'm like, well, that's just down the road from us. Like, And I wasn't really keen on EDing at that point, but I'm like, well, if, if there's going to be a course there, I want to ED it. Like I don't want someone else to come and do it in my area. So we put our hands up and we had a few other people interested as well. So we made like a really good team. Awesome. And, yes, I got to go there and and set up the course and, yeah, just – been doing that ever since so that's very cool very cool well thank you to you and to Gemma for what you give back to Parkrun it's it's obviously listeners of the podcast we're all pretty passionate volunteers as well as tourists and participants so um, we appreciate how much you and Gemma have given back to Parkrun speaking of the listeners a few weeks ago quite a few of us headed to Tasmania for Palm 22 which is the Parkrun Adventurers listener meetup and the hot topic now um, is where Palm 23 should be held 
as it happens, I'm on Team WA for next year's listener meetup. Can you tell the listeners, apart from your obvious bias towards your home course at Shipwreck, what are the gold standard parkrun courses kind of convenient to Perth Airport and why should I be trying to convince the planning committee to choose WA for Palm 23? Okay, so one that's central, the oldest parkrun that we've got in WA uh, would be Claysbrook Cove. So that's a really nice course along the river. You sometimes even get dolphins there. <gasps> yeah, so that's a really nice one. And then just across on the other side of the river, you've got Burswood Peninsula. So you could even do one of them and then go and do the other one as, as a freedom run. Nice. So you could knock out two in one day. Very cool. Um, but, yeah, Burswood, so that's sort of, yeah, that's along the other side of the river. That course is a little bit um, more confusing, but it's really nice. You've got the Optus Stadium there. You can run past that. So, yeah, that's that's probably your best bet for something central. That sounds good to um, me. Yeah. Well, we have chatted at length, Phil, and I'm extremely grateful to you for making this time. Congratulations on your incredible record-breaking achievements in ultra running. The very best of luck for your future events. And most importantly, thank you for your com- contributions to the Park Run community. Make sure you give my love to Gemma and hopefully we'll see you soon. Yep, there is. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And thank you, Sam and Phil. Great to hear and, um, yeah, wishing you all the best, Phil, for uh, the next challenges. Sounds like there's some good options coming up, Ollie, including one in Tasmania. You might not get there this year. No, I don't think so. You've got another plan to run up a mountain this year. Yes, yeah, I've got plenty of plans. Uh, Nothing quite (laughs) like Phil's, but... All the same. Something to work towards, Ollie. I think we could all crew you for something like that. I'd like. I'm. I'm on team Ollie for that. Uh, look, <laughs> let me work my way up and join the crew first. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of admiration. I'm nowhere near even uh, standing in the same room as, as individuals like that. But yeah, it's a great inspiration. But thank you to Sam for stepping up and doing that interview. Uh, she did a great job. She did. We just might need to ask her to do another one, I think. I think so. Yes, <laughs> we appreciate Sam coming on board and all the help that she's offering us as part of the team. Yes. Speaking of help, we've got some in the inbox, Mel. We've got mail. You've got mail. <laughs> we do, Ollie. We heard this week from Bruce Purdy who said, G'day, adventurers. Just a selfish question from Bruce and Donna. Can you give us a clue on where Palm 23 might be? We have a few flight credits left after plans were dashed multiple times in the last two years and we're wondering which exotic location we should be looking at. Our credits will get us as far as WA or Northern Territory if those were under consideration. Maybe you could ask for expressions of interests from any state teams interested in hosting a Palm. Then a round of Olympic or Eurovision-style voting to select the destination. Anyway, keep potting. Cheers, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. I think uh, there are some good ideas there, Mel. Absolutely. And certainly understand the need. There are a few of us with said flight credit and some timelines to book (laughs) flight credit, aren't there? So, yeah, we, we hear you, gang. I think we'll need to give some thought and... Hey, I'm all for decision-making processes. (laughs) There was no mention of World Cup decision-making. No, no, but I do like the Eurovision one. Yeah. I I understand the Olympic bid aspect. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> yep. Not so much the Eurovision. I like that's your domain. Well, a, a domain I happily share with other uh, Eurovision passionistas, but I think the general approach with Eurovision-style voting would be to uh, share the voting or the votes between a, a judging jury or a judging panel and the public vote. So that that way we have both weighing in to the preferences and then the winner overall, once you've counted up both systems, is the successful location of Palm 23. Okay, so the general concept is we need some bids to come in. Mm. We need Ooh. some event teams uh, from some different states to give us a perspective. Some options, yeah. that's right. Give yeah. us a pitch. Yep. And then we will let you know who's on our judging panel. Oh, this feels like Dancing with the Stars. Well, there you go, yeah. But it does mean committing to a process, Mel. Oh, can't we just, like, pretend we're going through the process and then I just choose the one I want? You mean the Olympic system? <laughs> yeah, well, that's what Bruce said. He said that. He said a round of Olympic-style voting. <laughs> kickbacks, Ollie, kickbacks. Well, that's the World Cup selection process. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> this is how we get our gifts for next year's. So, uh, oh. Needless to say, I think it's a great idea to start with some bids and some <laughs> ideas. Where do we want it to be? Let's start building these ideas because I know that a lot of the, a lot of those and a lot of us with flight credit have some deadlines approaching and not too many months away. So if we can give any idea, we, we hear you. Let's start the conversation. Restart the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Get your uh, bids in quickly because we've got to make a choice soon. Yes. Is I think what we're taking away from this. But Ollie, what, oh, while we're thinking of that, and I did mm. just touch on the fact that we needed prizes for next year's Palm, and I have to say I've already secured some. Ooh. Ooh. That's exciting. Just in this last week. So I approached the lovely team at Gooda Australia to ask if they would be interested in supporting us, and they have come through with the gooders. Very nice. Do you like how I like <laughs> <laughs> I'm so clever. But anyway, I have got two pairs of gooders secured already as next year's prizes. So we're very excited about that because we loved our gooders last year. A lot of us purchased gooders and we had the matchy-matchy out at Palm all looking spiffy and, uh, yeah, we're very happy to have them on board. So we thank them very much for their support. Yes, yeah, no, look, great to have that support. Uh, they'll be wonderful as prizes next year and Mel just realised what you meant there. Great joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got there eventually. <laughs> Good for you, Ollie. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But Dazzers, to Dazzers. Don't clap. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I can't edit that out. Oh. No. At Daz, it was one clap, one clap. <laughs> At Daz's this week, he had to say, Shakespeare told us, it's better to be a witty fool than a foolish wit. Yesterday was April Fool's Day. Dazza believed us when we told him he could have the day off today. Silly Dazza. <laughs> Come on in, share your parkrun stories and your best April Fool's Day pranks as well. And... 
from New Zealand, Tanya Bailey, did. She said, Morning, Dazza. Had a great run walk this morning after delivering the first-timers briefing. Lovely morning with a big group of first-timers. Home for a brunch, cooked by Brett, stayed home for April Fool's, so I couldn't get into trouble. That's always a good idea, Tanya. I follow that theory. We Mm. also heard from Tim Robbins, who was a tourist and also part of a frond. He said, morning, Dazza. The prank was on me yesterday when I found a stowaway on my way to Sydney. After a selfie, Tracy the Troll scarpered when she recognised Stephen and Jen from Bathurst last year. Large flat white and a bacon and egg roll, please, for the drive home. Over and out from Willoughby. And there was an image in the selfie frame with Stephen and Jen in their panorama punish gear plus the troll. Alison King, uh, with a lot of likes, this parkrun day just gone, said, Morning, Dazza. This morning, there was lots of cake at Pooranga Park Run as I celebrated my volunteer 100 by being timekeeper. We had cupcakes. I ordered 100, one for each volunteer occasion, but we only had 55 finishes. Gave a box to one of our docs to give his ICU colleagues since they are working so much harder these days. Pick is me timekeeping with Toby, who refuses to park run. And it was a beautiful light shot in that photo as well. Congratulations, Alison, we should say. And our volley this week is Bruce Purdy, who said, My favourite April Fool's joke was about the renaming of the hashtag Ballarat Park Run to its location name of Victoria Park. Many an alphabeteer took the bait. My Park Run morning was spent as a pacer at the hashtag Victoria Park Run with just a little uplift from the propeller hat. And Bruce posted a photo of his pacer vest, 35-minute bib, and said propeller hat. Now, Mel, another frond was taking place. There were a lot of fronds. It's always lovely to see. And Beck Bailey reported in. Windang clan had a morning adventure to tourist up to Greenway this morning. Met up with the mini frond of Ingrid, Helen, Stephen and Chantel. I tested out the new 100 shirt, collected another stopwatch bingo number, a second G for staying alive and a fastest time for 2022. Thanks, Stephen, for the four kilometre tow along. We all then enjoyed a nice brunch before parting ways. And Beck did add that she's yet to convince the boys from the Windang clan to become parkrun adventurers <gasps> or, sorry, adventurer club members. It'll happen soon, I'm sure, she said. They have some good adventure stats. <laughs> and thank you, Beck, for sharing the photo of, uh, yeah, quite a frond in the frame there and another one of our adventurer club members in waiting. Another volley this week was Isaac Hill. Really happy to finally be able to volunteer at the inaugural for Karula Park. The rain went away and the sun came out. It's been two years in the making and we had a good field of 100 runners join us for a slightly undulating three-lap trail course. Looking forward to volunteering more at my new home park run. And Isaac shared a photo of himself in the selfie frame at the launch. Yes, welcome to the park run family, Karula. And Mel, we had uh, a bit of an international tourist, Juliet Colville, enjoyed visiting my 25th different event and adding a new country flag, and she added in brackets, visiting from the UK. 
at a windy Ballarat parkrun this morning, followed up by a cappuccino and egg and bacon toasty. That's fabulous. Juliet was there with Bruce. Yes, yes, not far behind. We hear this week from Steve's bike, who says, Apologies for the very late check-in, Dazza. I can't even blame a sleep-in. Heidi told me yesterday I was at the tip of the iceberg. Confused? A possum may help. Happy Junior Park Run Day all. <laughs> Very confused, thank you. And a possum's not going to help me. <laughs> thank you, Steve Spike. I love Steve Spike's little clues. They're fun. Yes. No clearer, but thank you. <laughs> and Christine Embert uh, reporting in from somewhere else in Europe this time. Sorry for being so late. I was in Vienna for the weekend with some touring buddies. We did Donau Park Park Run, ate Apfelstrudel, visited St. Stephen's Cathedral and Schönbrunn Palace, and I went to the opera, Carmen. And Christine did share a photo there of her and the buddies looking reasonably warm on what looked like a rather cool Vienna morning. Well done for owning those pronunciations, Ollie. You did well. Well, I was excited because I've been to Schönbrunn too. So, oh. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed so it So you knew there. how to say it. Well, I'm pretty sure I used to insert an L into it. So <laughs> not really. So thank you, Christine, for re-educating me. <laughs> And we heard from another tourist from the UK, our very own Pippa White, and welcome back to Park Run Pippa, who's recently had a little operation that's put her out of action. But Pippa said, I'm later even than Christine Imbert. I've been fixing my squares, 5 by 5 6x6, 7x7, 8x8, etc., I have to check how far up the list I've got. But this week was my sixth Six-letter park run, Oxford. I took a friend, met a friend unexpectedly, and another friend ran from another park run to say hi at the end. No spectacular April Fools, just so very happy to have completed a park run. Woohoo! And I took a leaf out of Pippa's book today and I sat down to work out my L index. So I'm going to call this the L index because as far as I can tell, there's no... Well, unless I'm a bit clueless, which is completely possible, but there's no name for this mm. particular challenge, which is how many letters of a park run you have completed so many times. Yeah. So it, it was actually, I can't take credit. It was actually Paul who said it should be the L index, as in letter index. Ah, uh, yes. I see where you're going with that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I sat down to work mine out, which I didn't get very far with because four by four, let it, I've only got two out of the four. <laughs> mm. Mm. So I stopped pretty quickly with that. However, I did work out if I can manage to get to Newey and Lota mm. and thus giving me four by four, I then jumped to 11. So I think that's a bit impressive. That is. Hmm. I'm going to have to, well, yeah, I would clearly be a long way behind, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to work that out. So it took, me a, it took me a while because I literally had to go to my spreadsheet. I had to put all the events in and I counted them manually because I'm not clever enough to do the mm. Excel mm. formula that was suggested to me, which is the best way to sort 
it all just looked too confusing because Excel wants to count the spaces between words as digits and then you have to allow for that. And I was like, oh, I'll just count them. Yes. Sometimes just counting helps. (laughs) As great as a spreadsheet is. Yeah. Easy to count with Post-its too. That's it. Uh, Post-it notes. Oh, my God. Let's not go there. (laughs) You got outed. You got outed with your messy desk last week. (laughs) But, Mel, I suppose we need an Obi winner. We do. I I don't have the envelope this week. Where is it? And did we even work out who – is it Sam that puts it together? Oh, look, whether it's the same person every week, we, we don't know. I mean, yeah, what, what criteria are they using? Are we asking the listeners to expect that some mystery person crawls into the office every week and fills our envelope? Stranger things have happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. All right. I'll leave it to you. Okay. I have the envelope here this week. So, okay. And this week's Obi winner is... Juliet, Juliet Colvert. So congratulations, Juliet. And uh, I'm not sure if we said it before, but 25 events as part of that. So, uh, yeah, celebration all round. And welcome to Australia and welcome to a windy Ballarat. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that propeller hat must have been going gangbusters on Bruce's head there. But uh, if you saw it, Juliet, I hope you got a chance to say hello. Needless to say, uh, keep us posted on your adventures in Australia. And Juliet, are you still in Australia? Where are you going next week? Inbox Mm. me. (laughs) We might be able to meet up. Yeah, but thank you everyone for joining. Uh, Did enjoy all of the April Fool's references in there and uh, all of the fun at Dazza's. Absolutely, we did. And now... Where are we up to, Ollie? It's time to throw to our informant and hear all the latest wrap-up for the week. This is The Informant, coming to you live from Level 2 with a view. This week's view is inside the office. It's like a little hive of activity. New lady ducking in and out of everywhere, constantly updating her whiteboard with Insta and Facebook likes. It seems none of the oldies around here have heard that it's 2022 and they should be pushing for TikTok followers. Anyway, on with the report. Last week there were three junior park runs. 359 juniors participated, which is up around 130. 72 of those were first-timers and 74 got a PB. Callum Turbot, Charlotte Davies, Lachlan Kelly and Tessa Billen scored their half-marathon wristband for 11 runs. Atticus Caesar scored a marathon wristband for 21 runs. So good on yous! In the 5K events, there were 413 runs held down under, which is down 10 on last week. 381 of these were in Australia and 32 in New Zealand. This was out of 1,673 worldwide. Aussie New Zealand attendance is up around 1,500 to 37,882. 184,036 people ran worldwide. There were seven launches. Charters Towers Airport in Queensland, Karula Park in New South Wales and Werribee Park Mansion in Victoria. They were joined by two in South Africa 
one in Sweden and one in the United States. Down under we had 4,973 PBs, while 1,640 people participated for the first time. 105 juniors reached their junior 10 milestone, 152 people reached their 50 milestone, 112 reached their 100 milestone, and 30 people reached their 250 milestone. 19 people called bingo. Martin Fleming was the quickest with 153 runs, while Nigel Kleinschmidt was slowest on 313 runs. There were five new statespeople. Mark Fyander in the ACT, and in South Australia we have Trevor Carpenter, Evelyn Aston, Thomas Paminger, and Peter Hines. In the top 20 most Aussie New Zealand events, there's not much to talk about. But on the overall list, Bevan Webber, Chris Thompson, Gary Light, and Joanne Blackburn all move up seven in the rankings. 162 people lifted their Windex this week, and this week's biggest mover is Cindy Wu, who moves up 20 to 54th. What's that you say? You've heard that name before? Yes, you have. Cindy was the biggest mover just two weeks ago. And Parkies, the adventurous stats are back. Yeah, I fixed it. We have Mark Lawton, who joined the Peel Club, and Gillian Light joins the Cow Club. Now, if you want to see these stats in full, you can find them at theinformant.me or you can follow The Informant on Facebook. That's a wrap, Parkies. This has been The Informant, and my spreadsheet is fully restored. And thanks, Informant. A bit more information there. Um, Mel, I, I believe you've picked up a, a few of the uh, the recent achievements as well. I did. Our friend Supercell, Sally Hebbleston, who achieved her bingo this week, so we just want to congratulate Sally on that. And also a friend of mine, Jill Light, who picked up her cow? Congratulations. Great achievements. Yes. Well yeah. done, both of you. Yes. And uh, another strong showing in the Adventurers Club, Mel. It was, Ollie. So for our Adventurers Consolidated Club report this last Saturday, the 2nd of April 2022, we had a total of 151 members and 125 members took part at 74 different locations. Of that, we had... 10 events in the UK, which were Groveland's Enfield, Southampton, Oxford, Nonsuch, Gladstone, Rushmore, Selby, Swanley, Hamsterley Forest, and Alton Water. In New Zealand, we had four events at Pegasus, Greytown Woodside Trail, Owairaka, and Trentham Memorial. And Ollie, in Austria, we had, who did we have, Ollie? We had Christine at Donau Park. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. And I wanted to mention that there are only two events in Austria, and probably Austria took me by surprise. <sighs> they launched last year, but I don't think it really registered with me amongst all the pandemic things going on, and we probably did mention it at the time. Mm. Donau Park has had 19 events and launched on the 30th of October in 21, and Hellbrunn has had 30 events and launched the 14th of August in 21. So going ahead nicely in Austria. Yep, there'd be some good ones to visit. Uh, locally, there were adventurers at Victoria. We had 22 events in New South Wales at 14 events, Queensland at 14 events, 
WA at four events, South Australia at three events, and two events in Tasmania. Still waiting on Northern Territory. (laughs) If anybody knows anybody in Northern Territory, can you jump on board? We've got to get some engagement there. But also missing this week, Ollie was ACT. Yeah, obviously we had some some in the ranks and the volunteers, but, um, yeah, we, we look forward to seeing ACT make an appearance when some of you get to Parkrun again. True that, true that. Mm. We're still waiting for Parkrun to include volunteer stats in their club report. That's right. And I think, you know, it's something we all look forward to. Yeah, we do. Because, yeah, we like celebrating it. When they get around to it, when they've got time. No rush. Yeah, that's right. Just when you can. <laughs> no pressure. No, no, we love your work. <laughs> Keep it up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ah, and Mel, I will not be back in Victoria this weekend. Will you? Oh, that's a shame, Ollie. <laughs> I enjoyed having you down here visiting. It was a lot of fun, as I, as we said, but um, look, uh, another time. Okay. Mm. I may be back your way before you're back my way. Ah, okay. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. More of that for another day. But this week, Ollie, I am going to be at week two of Werribee Park Mansion. I am super excited about this event. Yes. I really am. It is local to me. So Mm -hmm. one could say I would have been well within my rights to attend last week. But it's not what we do. Mm -hmm. When we're adventurers, we don't go to launches anymore. So I'm going to go this week. And Werribee Park Mansion is an absolutely gorgeous location. I was down there just the other week with Abby's mum, just having a walk around and exploring the area. I was there for, uh, what was it I was there for, Ollie? One of those music festival things. Oh, that's right. Festival yes. week. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That week we both went to them. Yep. That was at Werribee Park Mansion. It's just absolutely stunning grounds and I'm very excited about this event. I can't wait to go next week. Sadly, Paul won't be with me. He's still working on Saturday. Uh. But I do believe I will have the opportunity to meet up with a few other adventurers. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. What about you? It remains to be seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have some more rain forecast. And again, we haven't copped the worst of it, but we've copped enough. So uh, after another cancellation at Shell Harbour, I'll have to wait and see how far I get down my flow chart of decision making. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, but there's the potential, Ollie, that you could tourist. There is that potential. Okay, we'll, we'll cling to that hope. Well, firstly and foremostly, we would like to see Shell Harbour be able to continue yes but if not then we do hope to see you make a new event yeah that would be exciting Uh, it would be a great opportunity so uh yeah look forward to that possibility whether it's this week or another thank you for catching up with me again this week ollie it's been fun it was even nicer to see you in person and have that experience at albert absolutely was and so so soon after palm as well i know i feel very lucky to have had that opportunity but as always you can contact us via facebook or on our email which is parkrunadventures at gmail.com that's it for another week so we will see you all next week for more adventures
had a great time at the fun run. I came third place for my age and Hannah came second place. We also had lots of fun at Parkrun this week. Wyndham Vale was taken over by kids. It was so fun and our friend Charlotte was run director. Bye everyone, stay safe.